Hey, good morning, Summit Church Online. Glad you're joining us today. The room is starting to fill up. We're getting ready for worship. Just want to invite you to come and be a part of church today. Hey, would you share this link with a friend? Pastor Wayne H. on the various platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, Rumble, <laughs> Instagram, all those places. Let your friends know the church is about to get started and let's share the gospel with one another. We're about to start a new season of the Alpha Course. This Thursday night we have a, a reggae party. We got a Jamaican barbecue. I got a loop artist named Wiley Coyote Jones who's doing some reggae music um, and it's going to be a good time. We're going to be having a launch session live uh, from London. Nikki Gumbel is going to be sharing the the opening sessions. We'd love to have you be a part of it. There's a Facebook group, Facebook event that you can join to let us know so we can prepare for the food. But watch this promo. It's about five minutes long. It shows what Alpha is all about. And we hope you can join us this Thursday night at 4240 North Perry Park Road in Sedalia, Colorado at 630 for food, seven o'clock for the session. Having conversations about life, faith, and Jesus is hard. And this is interesting because at some point, everyone wrestles with life's big questions. Questions about hope, purpose, meaning, and love. Imagine creating a space where people in our community, our friends, neighbors, and coworkers can come and have conversations in a way that is authentic and unforced. Where leaders don't need to have all the answers and anyone can ask tough questions and share honestly about what they believe. That's what Alpha is all about. Alpha started in a church in London years ago with a simple idea to engage friends who might not typically go to church. Lives were transformed and it began to grow all over the world. Today, you can find Alpha in schools, coffee shops, church buildings, prisons, and homes. And so far, millions of people have experienced Alpha. So what is Alpha? Alpha is a series of interactive sessions exploring the basics of the Christian faith. In each session, you eat food, listen to a talk, and have discussions in small groups. Eating food together creates space for people to connect, relax, and build friendships. The talks tackle core questions about life and faith from a Christian perspective. And the discussion allows people to unpack these ideas without fear of being corrected or judged. All of this is done in a fun environment where anyone is welcome. There are three main sets of talks you could use. The Alpha Film Series, Alpha with Nikki Gumbel, and the Alpha Youth Series. Each is designed with a different audience in mind and is typically run over 8 to 12 weeks, with a weekend away where there are opportunities to experience worship through music and moments for prayer. Alpha also comes with everything you need to empower others to be involved, like discussion guides and training videos for you and your team. And all the talks and tools are available online and can be downloaded for free. By running Alpha, you're creating a space where people can connect with each other and connect with God. Sign up, get started, run Alpha today.
I'd rather be. I'm right exactly where I belong. And I think that you are too, right? God orders the steps of our lives. He wants us to go where he tells us to go. He opens doors for us to walk through. And I love this song because it's, well, I think it's kind of like a Colorado worship song. It says, mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being moved. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies, bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. The God we believe. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. We are here.
all these smiling faces. Uh, today's reading comes out of, uh, oh, let's see, Psalm 37. And I'm going to start with verse 37. And uh, the verse says, look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace but the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. Many times when I, I read the, the Bible, uh, <clears throat> I mention God's promises and uh, you know, personally, I have to take my mind to a further place in that God's promises are not, not, not worldly promises. That's right. The worldly promises come and go, no big deal. But God's promises, we can stand and stand firm on. Yeah. And uh, this is a good one to stand firm on. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. Awesome. We missed you, by the way. 
I just said uh, that when you went to California and back. This one is the uh, the blessing. It's what I say at the end of every service. Let's sing it to each other now. Thank you. 
just got a word, I think, from the congregation. Kind of got it early this morning, and I'm just getting sort of an impression from the Spirit, I think. And I think the Holy Spirit would say to you right now, how deep do you want to go? How deep do you want to go? You can stay in the ankle-deep water, and that's fine. You can stay there. Or you can step out of the water, water altogether. I think the Spirit is saying, come deeper. Come deeper into the water. Come, like Carl said when he got baptized, come on in, the water's fine. The Spirit says, come, come, come. I want more of you. Do you want more of me? That's what the Spirit is saying to his church. I want to take you to another level. Will you be teachable? Will you hear my voice? Will you understand? Will you receive what I have to say? Even when you don't want to hear it? Especially when you don't want to hear it? Come deeper. Step in deeper. That's not just for you. That's for me too. Yes, Lord. We answer. We will answer. Just like Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me, Lord. Send me into deeper water. Send me into deeper places where you want me to go. Help me not to resist your voice and resist your call, but to have a teachable heart, a soft and moldable spirit that says, I'll go where you want me to go, Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. I want to teach you a song. Be seated and I'll, I'll have, we'll have you greet in a second. But this song, I wonder if you could learn this. It goes, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Over mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say. you want me 
Let's not just sing it. Let's do it. Amen. <laughs> Why don't you stay with me? Why don't you greet somebody? Give them a high five or a knuckles or a wave. If you're online, share this link with somebody. Today is a different kind of morning at Summit Church. We have lunch provided after church today, everybody. So say hello, greet one another quickly, and then get to your Bible when, as quick as you can. Hey, church, glad you're joining us online. You can support the ministry. Uh, go to mysummitchurch.com, click the donate button, or go click the donate button on our Facebook page. You can text to give. Text this number 303-625-9434. Enter the amount of your gift. Follow the prompts using your smartphone and 100% of what you give by text will go to the ministry. You can also mail your gift to Summit Church, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. We're going to be studying in Luke chapter 4 today and then it's going to be shorter because we're doing our membership class. But we're glad you're along for the ride for this brief word from, from the Bible today. Glad you're here today. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, by the way, everybody, a few important announcements for to get into it. We have brand new t-shirts, our spring collection, our spring, spring line, our spring collection of church t-shirts is in. This is, this is a simple shirt that just says, believe. You know, you got to believe faith is the evidence, right? Faith is what's required. So that we have that. We have another one back there that says, Find a seat, everybody. Johnny, grab me two more of those shirts. The other, the other, those other designs. I'll show you the designs. Yeah. We have another design that says, "Bless this mess." Hello, hello. This church is wild. Thank you. Here's another one. Here's, here's one. And Johnny just bought this one today, right? Maria just bought this one. This says, "Share the road." Because we're a church on the highway, there's lots of bicycles and motorcycles. Alright, and then we have another couple. How many that your life is a mess sometimes? This one says, bless this mess. So, and if you just need a t-shirt to get messy in, this is a good bless this mess t-shirt. So, help yourself to know those are 12 bucks. That covers costs. It helps the ministry all at the same time. Turn in your Bible with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to start. But this is going to be a briefer message than normal because we have a lunch planned. We have sandwiches and snacks and Skittles and drinks downstairs. This is our church membership class day. So we're going to do our church 101 today with lunch provided. And you can, and it's totally free to do, okay? You get a growth track manual, which is going to talk about our, our church's beliefs. What does it mean to be a member? Now, you heard me say that all it takes to be a member is you come three times and you give a dollar. But how many know being a church member means more than that, right? There's commitment. And the difference between an, an attender and a member is a consumer versus a contributor. Someone who is a member is making a contribution. Not just of your, of your money, but of your time, of your talent, 
of your, your heart, you invest yourself. And so we're gonna talk about what does our church believe, how are we structured, and we have a membership covenant. I want to encourage people to sign that covenant today, go through the class. As I said, lunch is provided. So this is going to be a short message. I only have three points, and then we're going to go downstairs, and then we're going to eat while I keep on talking. Does that sound good, everybody? So turn in your Bible with me to Luke. We're continuing our study of Jesus in the Old Testament, and I've titled this talk today, Moses and Jesus. Moses and and Jesus, and actually, let's start with Luke 24, verse 27, then we'll get to Luke 4 in a second. Luke 24, 27. Now, this is after the resurrection. You know, Jesus was dead. He was put in a tomb. And you guys remember the story. On Easter Sunday morning, the women came to the tomb <laughs> to embalm Jesus' body, to pay respects, do all those things, and the body is gone. <laughs> Now, Kim and I have been to Jerusalem a few times, and there is the garden tomb. I personally believe that's where, where this whole thing happened. There's a few, the Church of the Holy Sepulchers, where some people say that happened. But if you go to the garden tomb, there's something about that place where you go, I think this is the spot. It just feels like this is how it, where it happened. Um, and so the disciples were in array, were just in totally in shambles. They are, everything was in array, like nothing was settled. And some of the disciples were walking from Jerusalem through Bethany to a place called Emmaus, which is like about an eight to ten mile walk away, north, northeast of Jerusalem. And they're walking along the road and they're like, man, can you believe what just happened? We followed Jesus for two years and now he's dead and I don't know what to do. And oh man, we're bummed out. We're, we got to get out of here because they're starting to arrest disciples. We got we to leave. And, and this stranger walks up to them on the road while they're walking to Emmaus. And... He says, and he hears them talking about all the things that have happened in the last few days in Jerusalem. And he goes, what things? He goes, what, have you been living under a rock? Have you seen, have you not seen all the things that happened this last Passover week with Jesus of Nazareth? He was a great teacher of God. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. All the amazing things. It was a huge controversy. How could you be in Jerusalem and not see it? And then he, he as they were walking along, Jesus is the stranger, but they don't recognize him. He maybe had his hood hold over his eyes or somehow he disguised himself in some kind of way and he said don't you realize this is everything that the prophets predicted he began to explain to them the the teachings of Moses and the prophets and how Messiah was filled, fulfilled in the person of Jesus verse 25 of Luke 24 then Jesus said to them you are such foolish people you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering in his time of glory. Then Jesus quoted passages from the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining what all the scriptures said about himself. Jesus gave him a quick Old Testament Bible, Bible lesson. Like, hey, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> this Messiah, that's, who, that's who, who just came and of course, he reveals himself at the, at the end of this, at the end of the trail in Emmaus, when they go to break bread over dinner, their eyes were open. He, he breaks, he breaks the bread and the fish, and all of a sudden he, he's gone. <laughs> like, oh, we've just been walking with Jesus for the last several hours. He reveals himself to the disciples. So, I want to look real quickly at what did Moses say about Jesus. Jesus explained the writings of Moses and the prophets. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verse fifteen through nineteen. Deuteronomy 
18 verses 15 through 19. And this is really the test of the test of a prophet. What's the test of a prophet? How do you know if someone truly is a prophet? Well, what they say will come to pass, right? When they speak, they speak the wisdom as an oracle of God. They speak the very wisdom of God. And we, we can even tell if someone is prophetic by the way in which they speak. Are they loving? Are they truthful? Are they kind? Do they have the nature of God? Or are they condemning? Or are they, are they hateful, full of hate and anger? Well, you can, <laughs> that's not God. God is not one who condemns. He's the one who redeems. He's the one who buys back. And so here's what Moses is saying about true and false prophets. And God's speaking to Moses, writing this down in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. And you must listen to that prophet for this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You begged that you might not ever again, that you may never again have to listen to the voice of the Lord your God or see this blazing fire for the fear that you would die. And then the Lord said to me, fine, I will do as they have requested. I will raise up a prophet like you from among the fellow Israelites. I will tell that prophet what to say and he will tell the people everything that I command them and I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages that the prophet proclaims on my behalf. He's speaking of the ultimate prophet. He's speaking of Messiah. And he continues here, verse 20, but any prophet who claims to give a message for another God or is falsely claims to speak for me must die. You may wonder, how will we know whether the prophecy is from the Lord or not? If the prophet predicts something, in, in the Lord's name and it does not happen the Lord did not give that message well that's pretty simple isn't it that's pretty easy that prophet is spoken on his own and he need not be feared the true test of a prophet is accuracy <laughs> do, what, do what they say does it represent God does it make sense in light of scripture and what God has already spoken about himself and where he's going Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 21. We've been speaking about Jesus and Moses and how we can see Jesus in the Old Testament being manifested over and over again. When Jesus was revealing himself in his ministry, he was, he was in a small synagogue. In fact, the synagogue in Nazareth, Kim and I have been to the ruins of a synagogue in Nazareth. It's up on a hill. It was a very muddy hike to get to. Remember that, honey? It, it, they're, pretty, they're pretty sure that this was the ultimate synagogue in the country where probably Jesus did this very thing in Luke chapter 4. It's a, very, it's a crazy place where you, the whole parking lot is just mud and gravel and all the pastors and pastors' wives on our trip were trudging about a quarter mile to this ruins of a synagogue and we had mud caked on our feet like two and three inches thick. But once we got there, it was amazing. These beautiful white stone uh, pillars everywhere, like... And there was something about this spot. It was right near the edge of a hill. Because remember, they, they threatened to throw him over a cliff. It's right near an edge of a hill. It's like, oh, this could easily be Jesus' home synagogue. So we got to this spot. And when Jesus reveals himself, he takes the scroll from the attendant. And it's the scroll of Isaiah. And here's what he reads in his home synagogue. Verse 18 of Luke 4. 
He came to the village, the scroll containing Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll to the place where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors, that their time of the Lord's favor has come. What I was going to say about Jesus' home synagogue, it's no bigger than this church. <laughs> the site plan of where he went to synagogue was about, it was about this big. Just a little old place in a little town, Nazareth, not far from Galilee, just on a hilltop. That God can take small little places and do incredible things. He can change the world through people who will humbly answer the call and go where he wants us to go, to do what he wants us to do, to be who he wants us to be. So he says, he, he rolls up the scroll of Isaiah, verse 20, verse 20 of Luke 4. He rolls up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And everyone in the synagogue stared at him intently. And then Jesus said, this scripture has come true today before your very eyes. Now, if you've ever been to an Orthodox congregation, you make a statement like that, that's why they wanted to throw him off the cliff. <laughs> they're, they're saying, who do you think you are, you little punk? You can't come in here and say that you're Messiah, unless he really was the Messiah, which he was. <laughs> he proved himself to be the very Son of God, healing the sick, raising the dead, teaching as an oracle of God. Dying on a cross and coming back to life again. Sending his Holy Spirit. Whoa. Whoa. That's amazing. I don't know if that gets you as excited as it gets me as excited. But it gets me really excited that God is in the business of fulfilling his word. God doesn't make bogus promises. Like Tim was saying earlier, God makes real promises. Not like the world's promises. He, when he makes a promise, he intends to keep it. Isaiah 61, let's just look at it one more time. This is the original context, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Ooh. <laughs> And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. For the Lord has placed them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. My prayer is that every one of you would be like an acorn planted in the ground to become an oak of righteousness in this church and in Douglas County and Sedalia and the Castle Rock and in the greater Colorado community. Amen, somebody? That we would be oaks of righteousness. That we could not be uprooted. No matter what winds blow or what rains fall or what would come against the house, we would be built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. This is the passage Jesus is quoting in Luke chapter 4. And here's, here's something you should take great comfort in. If God can plan out Jesus' life as perfectly as he did, planning your life is no big deal. Right? Like, if he can plan where he was going to be born, the miracles he's going to do, when he was going to fulfill scripture, how he would die, how he'd be raised to life again, 
figuring out your little life, no problem. <laughs> right? Like, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So how do we do that? How do we let him do it? We have to submit. We have to say, God, not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will be done. And then when I begin to submit to what he wants to do, things go much better for me. And I know they go much better for you too. And so I love, I'll land the plane here, right here in Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8. Um, in fact, well, let's, let's, let's do the, let's do the fine, let's do Samuel 7, 12 through 13. We've got a little time here. The eternal throne of Messiah is predicted. Moses, again, we're talking about Moses predicting Jesus, the prophets seeing Messiah from afar. This is what we see in Samuel. Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 and 13. It says, For when you die, I will raise up one of your descendants, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Christ sits on an eternal throne. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. The once and forever King of kings, Lord of lords. Bigger than any institution of man. Bigger than any religion. Bigger than any idea. He is the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He's bigger than every name. He's higher than everything. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than divorce. He's bigger than bankruptcy. He's bigger than depression. He's bigger than insomnia. He's bigger than alcoholism. He's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than fear. Come on, what you got? He's bigger. He's bigger. King of all kings, Lord of all lords, worthy of all praise, worthy of complete adoration and devotion. Amen, somebody. Amen. Ooh, ooh. You feel that? I feel the power of God when I talk about the goodness of God, the grace of God on me. That same power is in you. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it will strengthen your mortal body. He will strengthen your mortal body so that you can live with all, God, with all godliness and righteousness. That you can accomplish the purpose for which you were created. Whew. I'm preaching myself happy today. And I'm just getting started. Psalm Psalm 40 is where I want to land the plane here and then we'll go downstairs. Psalm 40, verse 6 and 8. Jesus said, look in the book. That's me. <laughs> he says, look in the book. I'm in the book. I'm there. Just read the book. Look in the book. I'm there. I am the very embodiment of the word. John said of Jesus, the word of God became flesh, dwelled among us. Everything in all creation was created through him, the Logos, the very word of God. Look in the book. Look in the word. He's right there. This is Jesus. This is a manifestation of Jesus in, in Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8. You take no delight in the sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come. And this has been written about me in your scroll. I take joy in doing your will, my God. 
for your law is written on my heart. See, that's what happens when we make the exchange for Jesus to come in. We say, God, tattoo your name right here. I want to belong to you forever. Forever. Lord, I want to be yours forever. No turning back. No take backs. I want to be adopted into your family from this moment forward. Amen. Oh, man, that's so good. I could preach so much longer than that, but I'm not going to because I have important content to give you downstairs as we eat our luncheon together. But maybe you're watching online today or maybe you're in the room and you're like, I... I need to renew my commitment or I've never given my life to Jesus. I, I kind of misunderstood. I thought Jesus was all about religion and rules and like, a, and like grace had to be earned. Nope. Grace is a free gift. It's just received. See, God created all of us to be worshipers. You're going to worship something. <laughs> you're going to worship money, or you're going to worship pleasure, or self-fulfillment of your own gain, or being famous, or you're going to worship God. There's no servant too. you got to pick one. You're made as a worshiper. God created you to be with him, to have a relationship with him. And our sins separate us from God. We know that. That's why many people avoid church. They're like, I feel so bad. I can't go to church. The roof would fall on my head if I came inside there. Well, maybe you deserve it, but no, no. Roof won't fall in, right? Sins can't be paid for by you suffering. Jesus paid the price for our sin. Paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and he rose again. And everyone who put their trust in Christ can have eternal life. And it begins the moment you finally surrender. <laughs> it's not about a religion. And even though we're going to talk about church membership, it's not about church membership. It's not about somehow going through the paces and proving yourself. No, Jesus did all the proving. Grace is a free gift, but it must be received. It must be received. There is a transaction to it of finally saying, yes, God, come in. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord. If you want to do that today. Everybody. So let me pray for the food. Thanks for being here. Father, thank you for your word, for the worship that we've had today. Now as we go into this new season of membership, help our church to be solid in our growth and in our commitments and our beliefs. So strengthen us, uh, Lord, for, for the journey ahead in 2022. Bless the food of our bodies and make it a wonderful rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Bless you guys. Max, play some music and we're going to head on downstairs to eat some good food. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, 
Take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life.